Hello, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson once again with another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I am with Jeffrey Cooper's Cooperstein after the loss, and let me tell you, I am a little bit frustrated. The Mavericks played the Celtics tonight and lost by 10 points, 116 to 106. Uh, you know, like I try to on this pod, I want to start with uh, I want to start with the things we are pleased with. So I'm going to let Coop kick us kick us off here. Obviously, uh, thanks for having me on, Kirk. First of all, uh, another good night for Luka Doncic. 34 points, six rebounds, nine assists, 11 to 21 from the field. He was three of 10 from three, but uh, at, at times he was the only one that was making anything happen for the offense. And in that third quarter, he was single-handedly carrying the team and is why they were in the game to begin with uh, to start the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Powell had a little bit of a bounce back game. His plus minus was a team leading 20. Uh, he fouled a lot, but you know, he's just not a good post defender and that's something I've got to accept. Um, I feel bad for him on these free throws. He's now t- he missed two in the fourth quarter to really get the Mavs started on a on a parade of free throw misses, and he's now ten of nineteen for the year. That's something I'd like to see him figure out. But at least in terms of field goal percentage, he bounced back. He made, he hit six or seven shots. He was looking a little more like the guy that we've come to to you know uh, hope for. Um, and then I think uh, Maxi Kleba played a pretty darn good game. 15 points, eight boards. He connected on four threes, which was, you know, pretty outstanding. So that was that was the least fun. I, I think you can take, you know, Kleba's becoming, you know, probably one of their most important five players just with how versatile he is. So that's that's nice. Yeah, it's and it's good to see him knock down shots at a consistent clip, especially over there in the corner, because that's where Luca loves to make that wraparound pass and find the open guy. So pretty ones tonight too. Yeah, just absolutely. some great looks. God. If uh, if Kleba, if Kleba can knock down that shot at a consistent clip, that'll be good going forward for sure. So I was I was watching the game on NBA TV because that was my feed option. And Tommy Heinsohn, you know, he's a legend, but he's also a legendary legendary Homer. Um, he was stunned to silence on a numerous Doncic plays. He just didn't know what to say because it, it, you know, he clearly is, you know, he's such a big Celtics guy. So that's pretty funny. Um, you know, let's just pivot right into the hard stuff. You know, this is, it's one loss. I, I hear whatever, but it's their first road loss. It's against a team that frankly, the Celtics are an outstanding defensive team. They just blitz the Mavericks from the opening tip. And so that sort of thing is really hard to, uh, to, you know, work through and the Mavericks eventually did so, but by the point, you know, they shot, they shot 42% from the field. They heaved 42 free three pointers and only connected on 11. Um, There it was, it was just kind of a, uh, this is a weird game. I don't even know who to, who should we start with? Uh, There's so many different places to start. Like you said, it was, it was a super clunky game. I never feel like they were in a rhythm at any point in time. And Mm -hmm. it, it, they were just never to be, they were never able to, completely breakthrough on Boston's defense they did end up scoring 106 for the game but it felt like at times that they were they were never able to get consistent open shots and that's that's credit to the Celtics defense they just have guys out there who can who can guard all five positions and are able to make make bad stuff happen well I I want to start I'm gonna people probably think they know where I'm gonna start and and you're wrong I'm gonna start with Tim Hardaway Jr. he's a mess he's (laughs) a mess get him out of the out of the rotation, get him off, you know, put him on the bench in street clothes. He is a horrendous decision maker at almost every point in the game. I don't care what his plus minus shows. He shot that three from Luca. There was 12 seconds left on the shot clock. Yep. He took one dribble, contested, and just brick. And then at the end of the game, he let uh, Brown 
blow right past him for a huge dunk. I know the game was already out of hand, but this sort of stuff with him, he's he is he doesn't look like he cares. And that con that lack of conscience can be amazing for certain kinds of players. And frankly, the Mavericks have benefited from it a few times this year. Denver is is the main time I can think of, but he is I just can't stand watching him. I, I he makes me long for Wes Matthews. I, I, that's exactly where I was going to go. He's definitely been a tough watch this season and he does have he is a different player, but he does have the West Matthews syndrome where if if he goes 0 for 10, he thinks the next one's going in. And that's also partially on the coaching staff. If if he doesn't have it, they have to realize that and they have to know that there, there needs to be another option on the bench. Um, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate because Tim's going to get the opportunities due to his contract and due to what he's making. And it's they, they have to find a way to get him involved because if I don't know how this could happen, but if they could somehow make him into a consistent scorer, it'd be very valuable for the team. And I think that's why they're willing to work with him. But his, it, his decision-making is, is very bad. He, he takes shots early in the shot clock that you just, you head scratch. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's been happening the entire season and it seems like nothing's getting better. I don't know how to look into the analytics on this. I spent like, early Sunday morning looking into some things with where and when he's taking his shots. And I don't have the data to prove this, but I do believe that when he catches off of like, you know, uh, a Luca pass to the corner, for example, as opposed to when he's coming up off of a screen, like off one of those elevator plays. Yeah. I feel like when he's catching off the move, he is an absolute mess compared to when he's catching at a standstill, the shot just looks better. Um, he is taking the right kind of shots. When you when you break down his kind of shot distribution, he's taking a ton more threes than he has in recent years. It's just he's not he's he's decidedly average at them at best. He's now he's now twenty one of sixty four for the year, which you know it's roughly thirty three percent. That's that's you know it's not great, average. but it, it could stand. It could be three to four percentage point worse. But I will tell you, I just can't get over how bad it feels. <laughs> I don't well, know. I, like that's just crazy to me. I agree. Like, uh, and when you go look, you go look at his numbers. They don't look that bad on the surface. But when you watch him, it's just it's an absolute headache to watch him play. And I don't know how they're going to how they're going to manage it. But th- something has to change because I mean, as of right now, obviously we'll get to this in a minute. But Porzingis had a bad night tonight, but. On on any given night, you have Luca getting you twenty seven. You have Porzingis getting you twenty, and then Hardaway's your third leading scorer. So they have to find they have to find another option. Otherwise, he's going to keep getting the looks. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I would like to see some different options, like some different roles for Wright and Brunson, who each played pretty good games tonight in limited minutes. I just I don't understand Wright only getting twenty one minutes. What was the point of signing him if we're only going to play him for less than two quarters? That's he's too interesting a player. He's the he's the only other player besides Luca who I think can actually get to the rim without using a ton of ball fakes. Brunson does okay, but every now and again Brunson gets caught and it's like, oh goodness, what is he doing in the lane? Um, I do think we need to talk about Porzingis. I I got killed on my social media feed tonight. I saw it, and I, I was I, I went right to your feed right when Porzingis got <laughs> the third foul, and I was like, oh man, this will be a slaughter. Um, but. You know, I wasn't mad about that. I just, you know, the Mavericks have a a brilliantly designed offense with players that are interesting. And the fact that they go to KP like he's Kendrick Perkins in 2007 in order to get his confidence going is ludicrous to me. The fact that that kick out three from from Luca that was three feet behind the arc was a bad shot. 
followed up by a post-up against a guy and Marcus Smart, who, you know, Mavericks fans should be familiar with him by now. He's an excellent, interesting player. If he were on the Mavericks, Rick Carlisle would never take him out of the game. And so then he missed that shot, and then he had that funky turnover that he threw the ball to Smith instead of just take or Dorian Finney-Smith instead of just taking a three. And then from there, he was not engaged. From that point on, he was disengaged from the game. And I have I'm friends with a few Nick fans who are kind of confused with how Porzingis is being used. One had a really interesting theory that that you know Carlisle was playing him a little bit of power forward just to show him that he can't actually play power forward anymore because the league's too small. I just don't know what to do with him because he's so talented. I don't think he's bad in that sense. I think that he is not anywhere. Like there's no idea how to use him because he's just, he's had one game where he shot above 50%. That's wild. I mean, look, we've seen that he has the talent. I don't think anyone's questioning his ability. Um, there, I mean, obviously part of it has to do with the fact that he hadn't played in 20 months. But, I mean, that, that excuse is going away. This is game nine. We're into the season now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you got to start seeing some results. And like you said tonight, I absolutely noticed that too. He was disengaged from the game after he missed a few shots. And once he got into foul trouble, there was there was really no coming back from that. I don't know if, it, if Rick is playing him at the four to show him that he can't play. I don't think Rick would be that petty. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean... They're trying to win the games. Um, but he was guarding but, Jason Tatum. Like, that's a terrible yeah. – that's not well, fair to Porzingis. He can't well, do that. He, he can't. And I, the, kind of going on a tangent here, but the Mavs like to switch on everything and, yeah. they, and with, with no resistance. And I don't think that helps him at all either because he's getting switched on to players he can't guard. And I, not, I also noticed tonight, on offense at least, uh, the Celtics were putting guys like six, seven, eight inches shorter than him on him, and they were just bullying him on the post. Um, I know Marcus Smart's one of the league's best defenders, but Porzingis should be able to, to shoot over him. And Porzingis should be able to get his shot against uh, Jalen Brown. There's there's no excuse for him not being able to get a shot off that. Um, yeah. So they're just going to have to work through it, and they're going to have to get him involved. And it seems like he's just not involved in the flow of the offense. And I think that they, they have to get him involved in the flow of the offense. And when they do that, he'll be okay. But for me, at least through the number of games we've seen, in the flow of the offense usually means stopping the offense and giving him an isolation. List. That's what I'm saying. Um, That's what I'm when he gets the ball, the possession is over. There are uh, some, there were some super cool possessions against the, the, the Knicks actually, where he got the ball on the move. And I hate to use this comparison, but it's just going to be in my head all season. The way the Pelicans use Zion Williamson in the preseason, where they caught him coming off screens, going downhill at the basket. Porzingis is a talented finisher. He's, again, huge, and he's strong. He's stronger than he looks. And the few times the Mavericks have have got him going on the move or when he has basically faced up and then taken a power dribble to the right, good things happen. He just has some, you know, I I keep focusing on his tendencies. Like, he really loves to go left, and he really just loves that. That face-up turnaround jumper is, like, the thing him and Anthony Davis are just going to have till the end of time. And he needs to be a little bit better about that. The, the engagement thing is really what I'm worried about more so than I am the process, because I think the shots start to fall. The kind of looks he's getting are hilarious. The three from Luca at the start of the game, I mean, it was an open three. It was just, you know, deep. And I just, if it had gone in, of course, I'd cheer because I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of, you know, lunatic and I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> and it, it, you know, I, the process I understand is good. It's just when you go to the, when you go to it twice and when you got a guy like Luca who had, again, scored, 34 points on 21 shots. It's like, guys, like, let's, 
let's just figure out something different. They have, to, I think they'll get there. I, I think they're, it's not just Porzingis. It's figuring out how all these pieces fit. And when, you know, Seth Curry starts the game, just brick, 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 and fouling the crap out of everybody. There's nothing. I don't really think the Mavericks have much. Uh, there's more than just Porzingis. That's the problem tonight. It just, yeah, he was, I, you know, I, what, what has happened with Seth Curry? Did, did he forget how to shoot? Well, did you see the Knicks? I mean, did you see last game? Last game was fantastic. Like yeah, they, they against Memphis, he was very good yeah. against Memphis. But I, I, I didn't get to see much of the Knicks game. But for, from everything I've seen with him this season, it's it, everything's long and it's and he is struggling from the line. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that was a little that was a little weird. I, you did touch on something. I think we should kind of close out on before we uh, before we finish up is is the defensive scheme. And Josh talked about this online. Josh Bow who has, has done a number of these podcasts with me here. He talked about how the Mavericks play this, you know, kind of concerted, like they've been switching everything, but on pick and roll, sometimes they drop a little bit and playing a drop coverage against Kimball Walker was weird. That, yeah. that was, I don't understand what that decision is. Cause you know, blitz him. It might not work. He's Kimba freaking Walker. I, I, he's an amazing player, but like, but he got off let him have an open yeah. And they were open too. That was what, I mean, they might've been deep, but like he, he did a couple of dribble moves and it wasn't just that the Mavs defense was bad. He was outstanding. I, well, I, Kimball was just unbelievable tonight. There's no two ways about it. And you can see why the Mavs wanted to throw money at him. He, he, <laughs> I mean, he is that good. And the, I mean, I, I'm not going to like Kemba's an unguardable player and I'll, I'll go yeah. ahead and say that he's, he's unguardable, but you have to do things to try to throw him off. And I don't think that I don't think they did enough on defense to try to throw him off tonight. He got whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Well, so it's interesting you say that. So at the seven minute mark or about six thirty, the Mavs went up ninety to eighty eight, and then things started to get really funky. The Mavs held on to the lead through the you know five and a half minute mark when Kimball Walker nailed one of those big threes. Um, Luca came in at just under the six minute mark. Um, it was kind of odd because Luca comes in in under six minutes. He gets fouled. He has hits one of two free throws, and then essentially the Mavericks go multiple possessions without Luca getting a a a look at the rim. I don't think it was necessarily by design. They fouled uh, Dwight Powell, who missed both free throws. I think that's in here. Yeah. I could be getting my timing that's wrong. Right. And then Brunson flopped and hit one of two free throws, and by that point. The game, uh, he, when when Brunson hits the second free throw, the Mavs are down four. Walker walks up the court and nails another three pointer, and that's the four minute twelve second mark. The game was the game was over at that yeah. point. And uh, and Luke, Luca basically went two solid minutes without getting to make a play. And you know, and the, that's also partially the Celtics were throwing everybody and their mom at him and trying yeah. to get him to, to get the ball out of his hands. They they. I mean, they just have to be better down the stretch. They have to be better on defense. They have to be a better free throw shooting team. Uh, Mark Followell said on the broadcast, and I looked it up, it's crazy. They're 29th in the league in fourth quarter free throw percentage. Oh, I, I think before tonight, I believe, I believe, don't quote me on this, I believe the number was 60.4%, and that did not get better tonight. So no, that did not. I mean, you have to be better there, and and you absolutely have to be better on defense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say this about the guys, and we've gone a little long, but I don't think anybody will mind. We all want to vent after after a game like this. The these games are like heart pounding. I I 
I can't sleep after these games, sometimes in the worst ways, but often in the best ways because I'm just excited. They're six and four. You know, they're they're going to play New York on Thursday. They get a couple days to think about this one. Then they face an injured Toronto team. They play San Antonio, which is probably going to be terrifying. Then they huh. play Golden State, Cleveland, Houston. They 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 could close out the month on a pretty good run if they if they really focus. I think there's a lot here where we're complaining and where we are frustrated is not that they are bad. It's that they are not hitting their potential in certain ways. Right. And in some ways they're regressing. I think they're, I think they're, they're going to, this, I feel confident is, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Uh, absolutely. It, it's not that they're a bad team at all. It's that they could be so much better. Uh, and the, they'll have, they'll be able to find their way. You know, they do have an easier schedule and we'll see what Porzingis want, wants to do against his Knicks coming up his former Knicks. Hopefully yep. he'll be super motivated to go play in the garden and give us a good night after what he did tonight. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to it. I, I want to see them play again. Thanks for joining me tonight. We're going to have to have you on more often. And then you guys are eventually going to start doing these because I can't do every game because I think my wife may kill me. But I like doing them. They're fun. I feel <laughs> well, better after talking. Hopefully you can get enough before she kills you. And then when that happens, Josh and I will take over. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. This has been Kirk Henderson and Jeffrey Cooperstein. Um, this has been what's the name of our podcast? Mav Moneyball After Dark. Uh, we'll see you guys this week. Have a good one.